Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, it is a brand new mock draft. Quarter of the way through the college football and NFL season. So we're starting to see the draft order shape up. Some team needs creep up. So we get to discuss those. And we get to talk about some prospects that we think are really on the rise. Guys that are worth first round picks at this point in time. Now the order is the new order. One fourth the way through the season. Four games into this NFL year. This is the order if the draft were to happen this weekend. So don't yell at us for where your favorite team is picking. We're going off of what's happening right now. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Joining you guys on a Monday where we're not doing what matters most, or maybe we are, depending on how you look at things. We're bringing back Mock Draft Monday. It's Mock Draft Monday time, folks. We had to do it. You know, it was a little bit split. I saw some people saying, ah, you know, you got to talk about Mock, you got to talk about what matters most from this past weekend. And honestly, there were a lot of things to talk about that we could probably get into later in the week. But it's a draft podcast, baby. Yep. We got to give the people what they came here for. And that is that tw- that sweet, sweet 2024 NFL draft knowledge. Connor, how are we feeling today, my friend? I'm good, man. If anyone's mad that we're not doing what matters most, blame the Addicts Nation. Addicts Nation voted sure. for the mock draft. It was honestly, it was pretty dang close to 50-50. I was trying to keep an eye on it. And I was like, I saw like one comment that was like, what matters most in all caps? And then uh, the comment literally underneath it was, got to have a mock draft. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> I was like, all right, I guess we can't win or lose here. But Inside I think we're really... you are two wolves. <laughs> Ex- exactly, exactly. Pick a pick a red pill, blue pill. Right. I guess that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. That's the meme <laughs> of picking yeah. which one we're gonna do today. So listen, what matters most isn't going away for good. We will cover this NFL season plenty. And to be quite honest, a mock draft this time of year continues our coverage of the NFL season because I think Trevor, the last since we've last had this discussion. A lot has changed. Honestly, yeah. it's yeah. A, a lot has changed and some things haven't at all. So this is basically like what matters most for the teams that are not doing very well right now. It's just yeah. in the form of a mock draft. I was I was itching to get to some updated team needs for for teams anyway. Right. You know, we, we've talked about the updated order over the last couple of weeks, but this is the best way to kind of talk about it all. You know, of course, we are what? eight months away from the draft actually happening. So the order is going to change. The team needs are going to change all of that. But this format is something that one, a lot of people really love. And two, it allows us to talk about team needs and talk about where teams are going and things like that. So we're firing up the PFF mock draft simulator. You guys can do that as well. Go over to PFF.com, click on the little NFL draft tab, and you can run your own first round mock, which we would love to hear from you after we go through ours. I just wrote one that's over on PFF.com. So if you want to check one out that is just, just me in written form, you could do that. But here on this show, you know, we got to go back and forth. It's flavor. It's a 50-50 mock. So Connor will take odds or evens, and then I will take the other one. We'll kind of be able to go back and forth a little bit, which is interesting for this year's mock because there's a lot of teams that have a couple of first-round picks. So, uh, buddy, do you want to do odds or evens? It, I, I will. I will spoil it by telling you, no matter which one you choose, we will be picking for the same team because the Chicago Bears – somehow own picks one and two a quarter of the way through the season talk about things so i wrote a mock draft before the season for nbc sports you've written mock drafts obviously you're the lead draft analyst for pff all 
people like us in this industry had the Arizona, Arizona right, scenario right, on the table. Right. And now a month into the season it is now the Chicago, Chicago scenario It is really crazy how things change. Obviously that is because the bears own the Panthers pick. So as we sit here today, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because I think whoever has number one is going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess it doesn't matter necessarily at two. Oh man, this is pretty tricky. But if we were doing a mock draft, say this mock draft was in March or April, where you and I are known to cause a ruckus with some trades. I think it would be really, really interesting. But obviously yeah. we're at the time of year where we're just making the picks because there's so much movement in the next couple of months. So Trevor, I will truly, I could go, I guess I'll take the second pick. I, I want, I'll give you the chalk because I want to talk through with you their options at number two. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So if, if you guys are following along at home, uh, like I said, you can uh, go into the PFF mock draft simulator, which I also threw some extra players into the PFF big board. So we should have four rounds unlocked that you can do. You can go all the way up to four rounds if you would like to. So all the, um, the, the order is updated for a quarter of the way through the season. So you guys can do that. We're only going to go through a first round mock here, but like Connor said, we, we like to push the envelope a little bit. We like to get ahead of the curve. So we'll start to do mocks with trades and we'll start to do, you know, two round mocks, uh, hopefully sooner than some other outlets do, because we know you guys are, are Jones for it, but yeah, look, we do it to him. If it, we, <laughs> we absolutely boy, do it. To he's him. about to do it. <laughs> he did it. Uh, number, number one, overall, look, there's no other way around this. I don't care if you think, hey, Justin Fields is in a really bad situation in Chicago. Things haven't worked out. It hasn't been his fault. If you believe, which I maybe still believe a little bit, that that Justin Fields, if he gets out of Chicago, maybe it does get better for him somewhere else. But certainly if they're picking number one overall, it ain't going to be in Chicago. He's going to be out. I wonder if Iberflus is going to be out as well. Uh, I think probably the only one that's still around is Ryan Poles. If uh, if they pick number one overall and even polls, it sucks because like every GM is going to have their misses. But when you really cannot jumpstart a rebuild, those misses get a lot more glaring. And is that unfair? Sure, I think it's a little bit unfair. But anyways, if they're picking at number one overall, it's USC quarterback Caleb Williams. Um, this is the easy selection. Him going number one. They will not be trading the number one overall pick again if they if this no. happens to happen. They're going. With Imagine Caleb. they just keep doing this. Yeah. Uh, they won't do that though. Yeah, and Caleb is the, you know, obviously consensus QB1 right now. I think there'll be some interesting conversations closer to the draft because I do think Drake May is viewed in that kind of light. But Mm -hmm. Caleb's been phenomenal, and we'll get into all these guys in a much deeper level over these next couple months. But that brings me to number two, which is the Bears picking for the Panthers because they did trade the number one pick last year. Now they have their new franchise quarterback in this scenario. And Trevor, I'm I'm kind of fascinated in this spot because the chalk pick would be to take Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. I do think if this was actual, like if the draft was today, you probably trade this pick because you probably wouldn't have to move that far back. There'll be yes. a team in the top five that needs to get to two that loves Drake May that much. I really believe that, which is great for the Bears. They wouldn't have to move out of the top five and they could still get more assets because this roster, in my opinion, is still not very good. But then the player conversation to me is between Olu Fashanu and Marvin Harrison Jr., right? I mean, that's... And honestly, the Bears are a weird one on the offensive line because, quite frankly, I think their line's been bad, but they've also been hurt. Yeah. 
where how do you evaluate that? Like, is that part of the problem? And Darnell Wright is a right tackle that you just took in the first round. Mm-hmm. So you could still take Fashanu. <sighs> You're hoping that obviously like Tevin's a you know what? good interior offensive lineman, but uh, before yeah. you make, before you make the pick, I mean, I agree with your back and forth in your head completely. You know, it's, I don't think this is easy. No, it's definitely, it's, it's not as easy as just saying like, oh yeah, Marvin Harris Jr. Because sure, you want to give him the offensive weapon, but if you just go off of kind of like a, a scarcity principle or a, or a capitalist exercise, Marvin Harrison is, is extremely talented. I'm not trying to downplay that, but you can get a good wide receiver. Like you can get good wide receivers a lot. If you really think that Olu Fashano is a franchise type of, you know, at least second contract, very, very good left tackle prospect who he's been one of the best pass protecting left tackles in all of college football over the last couple of years. How often do you get the chance to pick that kind of a player? I would tell you probably less often than you'd certainly get to pick even a wide receiver one. If you believe Harrison is truly rare, which you can, and I would not fight you on it. You got no, I got no problem taking the receiver at two here. But it's it it is more of a conversation than I think people are willing to admit. Exactly. I'm gonna take Fashanu here because my okay. argument is if the Bears are picking at 33, and this is why my ideal is to trade this pick so I can just get everything that I want. Yeah. I think I can get a really good viable wide receiver to play with the very talented DJ Moore mm-hmm. at another point of this draft. And I'm not convinced I'm, I love this tackle class, but I'm not convinced I'm getting a Fashanu anywhere else in this draft. So I'm going to take Fashanu. And if I'm Ryan Poles, I can stand on that. I have the franchise quarterback I drafted and I drafted both of his tackles on each side. And that's the foundation of our team. You could argue three areas that have been a tremendous weakness for Chicago's franchise now for a while here. And it's a really good offensive tackle class too, right? I I mean, yes, we just made the argument on the flip side for maybe why you pass on a receiver because you don't often get to take an offensive tackle. But I think when you start to talk about the trade-down scenario, Joe Alt from Notre Dame is also having a phenomenal year. Hell yeah, he is. Right? So you look at the the, the teams that are right now picking just below Chicago, to your point. You got the Raiders. You got the Broncos. You got the Minnesota Vikings. You got the New England Patriots. You know, you certainly you, you got the Arizona Cardinals, depending on what, what they're going to do at quarterback. If they're sticking with Kyle Murray for a long time, okay, fine. But I'm just throwing that that one out there. You got three or four teams easy that would all trade up to number two and would still keep you in the top 10. Maybe you have your cake and eat it too. Maybe you trade back. And like you said, you get extra weapons, you get extra first round picks, you get Joe Alt as well. All right. You're going Fashanu here, so I get it. I took Fashanu, but yeah. I do. I, I I am excited to kind of go through these scenarios, and um, we're going to do uh, certainly once we kind of know what the order is going to be more solidified. Like uh, we can get into those like trade potential shows. Number three is pretty easy. The Raiders are picking at three. Drake May still here. I'm taking Drake May. You know, I, I think that is the player that would be so alluring for anybody to trade up to number two overall, um, and with him sitting here for the for the Raiders I mean they they just to me absolutely have to pull the trigger on getting a quarterback so easy one here with Drake May I'm with you I think the Raiders would be jumping for joy if they got Drake May that might even be able to calm you know Devonta Adams frustrations down a little bit I tell you what though I'm not attaching Drake May to Josh McDaniels that's an absolutely hell no 
Yeah, you and I have talked about that. Obviously, the second that they have the money to do so, we think McDaniels is gone. I mean, and boy, do you have options, right? I mean, when you look at some of the coordinators that might be up for head coaching jobs now, you know, the Raiders got to do some convincing because it ha- it just hasn't gone well there. But can you get a Ben Johnson? Oh, I was going to say Ben Johnson with Drake May. It's beautiful with Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. And I, I, I know he's had a slow start to his career, but I think Michael Mayer is going to be a really good player. Like, sure. They have, oh, yeah. They yeah. have a lot to work with there. So that that's an exciting pick at three. And then the Broncos at four. All right. So this one for me, I would have taken Drake May if he was here. Would you? Yes. I'm no, but no, but like I'm saying that that wasn't even like a troll question. Cause yeah, what yeah, you, I would have. What do you do? Oh, I know. What, I, that's what do you why do with I was Russ's being, contract? That's why like people might be listening to me like, duh, you were going to, that's not necessarily right. You have, well, there's a couple things with mock drafts this time of year. We make, sometimes we make picks this time of year that we just want to make. Sometimes we make picks that we think the team could make. There is no one convincing me Sean Payton likes Russell Wilson at all. Mm. I don't think Sean Payton likes really anyone on the Broncos that he inherited, including like the entire organization, the way he speaks to the media. But you're right. Looking at Russ's contract. I mean, it's 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 quite frankly, kids, it's an abomination. (laughs) Uh, It's an abomination for another like three years. Yeah, but we don't. The good thing is I don't have to worry about that because in this scenario I'm taking Marvin Harrison Jr. So if oh, you're Sean yeah, Payton, that's sick. Yeah, yeah. If you're Sean Payton, like I don't care if you don't like Russell Wilson or whatever it is. And Russ has been better this year. Mm-hmm. He's been better. And I know some people might be listening. And go, how are you taking a wide receiver for a defense that is? Uh, they could be historically bad. And I still don't know how we got there. When I look at that defense on paper, I I'll watch a lot more of them this week because they play the Jets as we get ready for pregame. But I just can't pass up the talent at this spot. This is a classic. I'm picking at four. My team stinks. I have an offensive coach. I'm trying to squeeze out the most out of an aging quarterback. I'm going to take one of the best players in the draft. Sometimes it really is that simple, in my opinion, at what I consider now a premium position. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with you 100%. I think that we look at Denver and... Maybe this is just me, but I wonder if people out there think the same way. Like when I think of the Denver Broncos, I think of a good receiving core. Like I'm like, oh yeah, like they're good to go. Because in my head, Tim Patrick's healthy. Jerry Judy is supposed to be a lot more productive than he has. And but neither Cor- of them are true. And Cor- Tim Patrick's and Cor- never Lynn, healthy. And Jerry I feel Judy's like not Cor- good. Sutton's like a, a, a like a for sure talent of a wide receiver one. And like sometimes he is, but even that right. can feel unreliable. So, and like you just mentioned, the, the first two. It's not constants. So I think that, uh, yeah, that's the right pick. Going with Marvin Harris Jr. is, is the right pick. Him now, and Mims and, and Sutton as my 11 personnel next year. I'd be really excited about that. And I, maybe people are, what do you do? With, like, you could trade somebody. You could trade I mean, somebody. You too. Right. I agree. Um, Minnesota Vikings up on the clock now at number five. So, so this one's tough, right? This is where things start to get a little spicy because this is where doing a mock draft exercise is different than a big board. Um, In my written mock draft for PFF.com, I have them taking Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy. And I think I'm going to do that again here. And I want people to know that that's not necessarily based off my quarterback rankings. It's just a feel that I have when people, when I've heard people talk about him from, like league perspectives. It just seems like the NFL is a lot higher 
than J.J. McCarthy, or sorry, a lot higher on J.J. McCarthy already, whereas I am still of the mindset of like, okay, he's getting there, but we're crowning him pretty early, I think. I love the arm talent. I feel like he's got the ability to make all the throws, as the cliche says. He's certainly getting better under pressure this year, and it doesn't always have to look perfect. You know, people look at that Bowling Green game, and they go, well, what about the Bowling Green game? Okay, we shoot, man. You can point to some bad Drake May games where he's had some boneheaded turnover-worthy plays, right? It doesn't always have to look perfect for you to like a guy. But this is a hard exercise for Minnesota at five with May and Williams off the board because if they're picking at five, we know damn well Kirk Cousins isn't there anymore. We know that the roster will not be at a point to where it makes sense to go after a free agent quarterback. They're going to draft one. They're going to draft one in the top five. So who do they go with? In my mock, I went McCarthy. If I'm sticking to my true big board, I would go Bo Nix. Do you think I should stick to the big board? Do you think I should stick to the board here, early October mock? Yeah, maybe, I think so. Maybe I should. Maybe maybe I should just do that. It's also pick your spot. Like, There's going to be spots in this mock draft that I really like. I really like a player, and I really like the fit with the player, and I'm going to go with it. And there's going to be spots where I'm like, I'm not as hot on this player as the consensus, but I know he's going to go, so I want to stay true to the mock. So I'll I'll lean a little bit more towards, I'll stick to my ranking, stick to my guns a little bit here. We'll go Bo Nix at five. People are going to blow up about Bo Nix going five in a mock draft. I say I Bo Nix top five, baby. Hey, man, it's uh, if, if you would have told me that this would have been the case two years ago, um, I'd have told you to get out of town, to kick rocks. Uh, but it's, he's not the same quarterback that he was when he was at Auburn. He's completely different. Now he is a true RPO type of dual threat quarterback who could really hurt you with his arm and his legs. He's got legit NFL arm talent. He takes care of the ball a lot better over the last two years than he ever has in his career at Auburn. And he can really push the ball deep down the field with some really sweet NFL throws towards the sideline. And Troy Franklin can certainly be the guy to tell you that firsthand. So really great last two seasons for Bo Nix. So I'll go with him with the Vikings at number five, who just have to pick a quarterback. We know that. So the Jets are on the clock. Here we go, baby. Why did I pick even? This is <laughs> it. Why did I do this? I didn't look at the order before picking. Very, I did. Very smart. Very smart man I am. Okay, so in your mock draft, uh-huh. you had them getting Fashanu, which was awesome, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. There's a lot to unpack here, right? Like, if you literally asked me this question before Jets Chiefs Sunday Night Football, I've been like, you have to take a quarterback here because the Jets don't have that quarterback after Aaron Rodgers on the roster. They have to capitalize on this class, all that stuff. And I'm not saying I'm buying all into one game, one his, the best game of his career into Zach Wilson, but mm-hmm. I think Zach Wilson deserves to be spared on this mock draft after that performance against the Chiefs. Half of the, It's halfway that. And then it's half something you said in the mock trap. That's very fair. The Jets are going to be all in in 2024 again, because yeah. Aaron Rodgers is coming back to the team and they are going to operate the way they did this offseason, where they're going to go spend money. They're going to get veterans. They're really going to try to do as much as they can while they have Rodgers. And if that's the case and you look at this roster, there's some things you can't go by. And quite often it's an offensive tackle. And in this scenario, the way the board has fallen I'm going to take Joe Alt because you could slice this up a lot of different ways. One, Joe Alt is a top 10 player in this class and he plays tackle and that's a need for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Becton's been back through a month. It's looking solid. We'll see what happens. 
He's a free agent after the year. They could always franchise him or figure out an extension. If you're not comfortable with that, then Joe Alt's your starting left tackle next year. ABT is kicked out to right tackle where he's rock solid. That's maybe being even not giving him enough credit. But if you like ABT at guard, maybe you play ABT back at guard. If you kept Becton, Becton looked good at right tackle. The point is the Dwayne Brown era is over. They mm-hmm. need another tackle or they could use another tackle of the future. And Joe Alt is like Fashanu, a franchise tackle in this draft. And I think that's something that Aaron Rodgers would greatly appreciate. I agree. That's why I gave him Fashanu. You know, Fashanu lasting until six is kind of an obvious, but in my opinion, so is Joe Alt. Because yeah. I agree, you know, you, you and I had this conversation. I can't remember if it was last week, but it was the quarterback and the Jets conversation where you go, man, you got to look somewhere else. You got one more year of Rodgers, you think, and then you're pr- – Progression would tell you if you're going to have a top 10 pick this year, use it on a quarterback, get him in the building, get a top 10 caliber type of a quarterback in the building, let him sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a full entire season, and then you give him the reins next year. Now, that's still a good scenario, and if they wanted to do that, I wouldn't hate it. But you got a Super Bowl win window, man. I, I feel as though you owe it to yourself to just be as all in on the Super Bowl window as you possibly could be. It's tough to win one of these things. And especially when you're not going is. all in. It is, especially if you don't have Tom Brady, as you have said to me before. You know what I'm um, saying? And it's like so I I want to hear I want to hear your yeah. point, but um if you draft a quarterback in the top 10, you are simply hoping that you are doing the right thing to get to the spot that you are already in to go all in. Yeah. So why not just go all in? I agree with you. For- Right. I mean, yes. One, I don't think the Jets will be picking this high. And I'm that's not bias or me being blind to it. I think I think the defense now, once again, if Zach Wilson implodes again, yes, they could pick this high. But the way the team was built, top six pick. Who knows? It's, yeah. Cra- crazier yeah. things have happened. But the point is you can really run it back next year. And if you take a tackle. Like, that's still a building block for the future. It's not like, hey, we 100%. took this tackle because Aaron Rodgers needed help. It's like, no, that dude should be there when you're yeah, next to Yeah, and then you got to give him too. back. You got to give him yeah, back yeah, a year from yeah, now. You don't rent him. <laughs> so, right. Exactly. He, go, he goes back to the draft pool. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's the rules. Right. So, all right. That was fun. <laughs> okay. So the Patriots are up at seven. Good um, luck. Well, I gave them I gave them a quarterback. So I gave them Bo in my mock draft. Yeah, it's Bo very Nix, fitting. Ob- obviously off the board. Um, I think the Patriots would like him. Bo Nix is absolutely an upgrade over Mac Jones, if you ask me. Mac's just not playing well. I mean, it seemed like he got benched this past weekend, and that's not even talk about, like, the weird antics. It's like, brother, like, come on, man. Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I've, I, I feel as though Mac's time as doing the starting quarterback is... He's an NFL backup. ...not going to be something after this year, especially if they're picking in the top 10. I mean, they're insane if they run it back. Right. So do they go with the quarterback here? If they do, uh, true to my board would be Penix, I think. Yes. I think Penix is next on my board. I think it's more likely that the NFL would draft J.J. McCarthy at this point in time at seven. 
but there's also a lot of really good receivers on the board and they definitely need receivers. Now, if you say to yourself, Oh, like who are you going to, uh, who's going to throw in the ball? I don't know at this point, but I just Connor, I, for as much as you and I like Michael Penix, I don't think, I, I just don't know if he's going top 10, man. I, I don't, I, don't, I will I, have I really don't, him. Like yeah. if I was making the pick, it would be for me, but I agree with you as we sit here today. I don't expect him to go top 10 right now as we're doing the mock draft. And it's not, it doesn't align with our opinion. Like you said, he's your next quarterback. I, I've had him as QB three at, at, since summer and he hasn't moved. But yeah, I think top he, 10 dude's would got, be, look, dude's be surprising got a Howard, Dude's got a howitzer of an arm. I mean, he's got insane arm talent. Not as much of a dual threat guy, even as what he used to be, certainly before all the knee injuries. He's going to fail a lot of teams medicals. They're not going to draft him because of all of the injuries that he's had, um, especially the lower body. The footwork is 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 not always consistent with him, and because of it, you see some lack of ball placement, I would say. Accuracy, general accuracy is normally pretty good, and I think you see that from the adjusted completion percentage scores with him. But ball placement is something that's even more precise, and sometimes the footwork isn't where exactly where it needs to be. Sometimes you can see he's like throwing with all upper body, and he's not you know marrying it with his footwork right. and his lower body. And sometimes that can yield to some misfires and some things to clean up but hey you know what we're we're in a we're in a theme here i'll stick with the board i'm gonna go with michael Penix here again hey, I, there don't, we go. I don't think that mac jones is going to be the quarterback for new england a year from now and so if they're picking top 10 i'm giving him the quarterback i'm going michael Penix. he's the next guy on our board at quarterback and the talent warrants it we understand that this is going to be an interesting draft process for Penix. there's going to be varying opinions but you go by what you feel, and I mean, we we love the talent, and I think I do think it went too far this summer. You know, we were really high on him. We are really high on him. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he was written off. That's what I don't understand. Like when I oh, always I, sure like when he like when I like jokingly tweet or even sometimes very seriously talk about it. I don't know why Penix is looked at as this day three throwaway. It's like nobody watched him last year. At minimum, he's a day two traits guy. At a minimum, he's a day two traits guy. Yeah. Now maybe yeah. the medical, maybe the medical does set a different floor because that happens with players every year in the draft. Right. If it's day three, and your favorite prospect that you thought was going in the second round is there in round six. Like maybe it's a medical, but yeah, it's the conversation around Penix is going to be fast. I feel like people do punish him for having Odunze and Polk and. It's ridiculous. Like people, they like they kind of punish him for it. They do punish him, and they I, say he I, never gets touched because the O line. Sacks are also a quarterback stat, by the way. So yeah, that's that's a weird way around talking. And about just him. got a t- And I think that what we're seeing right now is is a quarterback that just has a ton of confidence in the environment that they're in. Did you see how Arizona was playing them Saturday? And I understand if you didn't, because the game was probably on it. Like, no, this is a game that I do have to go back and watch. It's and obviously like Arizona, Washington, like it's not the priority game for the weekend. The only reason I asked that is <laughs> Arizona was literally like rushing two. I was gonna say, did they drop ten? <laughs> and they they had a safety on the all twenty two off the screen. He's sitting on <laughs> Mars. <laughs> And I was like, damn, that's how you know the your offense is respected. Mars coverage. It looks like he's returning a punt. <laughs> it looked like he was back there to return a punt. That's and I was like, strength, baby. That's fear. That is fear. That's when you know you just, got him. It was very funny. Very funny. All right, the Bengals are up at eight. 
And man, it's, it's been a tough only quarterbacks. I think so. You took Caleb, Drake, May, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix. You could have the Cardinals take McCarthy next if you want. All right, so the Bengals at eight. <laughs> oh, man, the Bengals. I, I don't even know what's going on with them this year. I mean, Burrow's hurt. That much is the obvious. They're an interesting one in the spot. I Am I a madman for doing this? I'm taking Brock Bowers. You're not, you're not only a madman. You're correct. I, ha- this, I mean, this, this dude. Is, this, is, this is the pick. This is the pick. This is the pick, right? This yeah. is the pick for the Bengals, especially and... if they're not bringing back T. Higgins. Which I'm not saying that that's like a for sure. I'm not. This but... is a nice solution, though. If you can't financially, hundred percent. Here's maybe... the reality with the Bengals, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, and I'm sure Bengals fans will kind of poke holes in this. And you're probably right. But my thought is, like T. Higgins should want to be paid like a number one wide receiver. Jamar Chase needs to be paid like the best wide receiver in football, because that's how this works. Maybe you can allocate your cap that way, but it's not easy when you're paying a top quarterback. It's not easy. So, and also just Brock Bowers, is even if you find a way to make that work, and then you add Brock Bowers. Yeah, he's sick. He's sick. This is, I think that this is, I think this is the right pick for the Bengals. Um, Especially with Fashano and Alt not there. If those two were there, you That's think about okay. it, you upgrade the O-line. But, um, yeah, with Higgins potentially out the door, obviously Tyler Boyd's getting up there in age. Jamar, the offense is going to run through Jamar. But, like, dude, two of the most – shoot, you throw Joe Burrow in there. It's three of the most dominant SEC players that we've seen over the last five years. Uh, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, and Brock Bowers, they're on the same team in the NFL. That's – Good living. A good living. Number nine. All right. Obviously, what quarterback am I picking here? Arizona Cardinals. No. Okay. So the respect Cardinals, Josh Dobbs. Like you said. Well, yeah. Got to put it. Got to put respect. Josh on Dobbs respecters. Uh, <laughs> guy rules. He does. So you mentioned at the beginning of the show um, when we were doing the early portions of this exercise, we had Arizona picking one and two. And now here they are. They're picking nine and 13 because Houston. Houston's playing a lot better. Man. There's so many different ways the Cardinals could go. Uh, for as much as they are playing a lot better, a lot more competitive, they need a lot of talent, I would say, especially along the defensive side of the football. Uh, I recently redid my big boards, shuffled up my rankings a little bit, did a little quarter-season big board update, and I have Latu Latu from UCLA as my number one edge rusher right now. I have him above Jared Verse. The man just – he wins so effortlessly, man so effortlessly whether it's from a two-point stance a three-point stance the guy is six foot five 265 pounds so he checks the size box of what you want from a versatile edge player in today's nfl and the guys that he goes up against offensive linemen they'll just try to get 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 hands on him and he's not even looking at him he's looking in the backfield and he's just just from his peripheral vision just swiping the hands away completely disregarding the player and he's like now this is just what i do you're not staying in front of me it's not gonna happen He's too smooth. He's too strong. He's too fast. He's too quick. Like all of these things. Great combination player. We've talked about it before. He had the neck injury that almost made him. Well, it did make him medically retire from the game of football while he was at Washington transferred to UCLA. They clear him to play. And um, now, I mean, obviously he's been a full participant over the last couple of years and he's sick. He's he, he is. He, I feel like I'm overusing that phrase here in this, in this mock draft, but this class is really good. Latu Latu to me is, is the best edge rusher among them. He's been awesome. And when we stumbled upon him this summer, you and I kind of looked at each other like, who the hell and how? And right. he has not only kept that momentum, but it's, it's 
it's gone upwards significantly. Really another guy that he'll go through a similar process of Jalen Phillips. The questions would be like, okay, he had to medically retire at one point. Why couldn't Washington clear him? And are he's we good. okay? Unfortunately, I feel like he's going to fail a, a decent amount of medicals for NFL teams. I hope he doesn't. Yeah, but same. There's going to be so good. There's going to be a lot of teams that look at him in the neck injury and they're going to be like, okay, we just can't draft him at all. So he won't be it, on. That's team. just how, like, some people listening, you know, to kind of pull the curtain here. Some teams with first round guaranteed money, just they just don't do it. Like they have doctors on staff that are like, I can't clear this kid for you. And for teams, they're like, okay, we can't take him. Like for us, it's a more emotional because you're like, this dude's awesome. Yeah. And I hope I hope Latu's all good and, and that goes well. And I hope he ends up being a top 10 pick because he's playing like a top 10 pick. Yep. The Giants at 10. Man, the Giants. So they paid Daniel Jones. So you don't really look here and go, okay, they're going to take their next quarterback. And Jones has had an up and down start to the year, but he's their guy. Mm-hmm. So you get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. They need another wide receiver. And we've had that conversation for them before. There's some good ones. The thing, There's some good ones on board. There are. And and ultimately, that's where I'm going to lean. The thing, you know what sucks here, Trevor? And I hope this changes the next couple months of the season. I'm starting to not panic. But the worry meter is up a little on Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau right mm-hmm. now. And yeah. that, if you're the Giants, like, you're Joe Shane. Man, did I love those picks. Me too. I love the Me thought too. process. I like the players a lot. I didn't think they were finished products or anything. But man, I really liked the approach that Joe Shane had when he drafted those players. Yeah, I, a lot of people did. And the Neal one, somebody asked me the other day. I, it was a Giants fan. And they were like, What's what are you seeing that's wrong with Evan Neal? Because he was billed as this guy that had such a high floor. And it is fascinating. It goes to show you that and tackles can take a while. Like the Giants went through this in a different scale with Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas had a bad rookie season and then he turned into one of the best tackles in the league. But Evan Neal, it's year two and you're just looking around. And you're like, man, what's going on here? So I'm not going to look at those spots right now. And I don't think the GM would wave the white flag that early on those guys. But it is a a conversation that could come up again in a couple months when we're close to real draft season for the giants. In this scenario, the pick is easy for me. It's Malik neighbors. And there's okay. a lot of good wide receivers. I know you really like him, Trevor. Yeah. Um, I like the explosive nature of neighbors in this offense that Darren Waller, not going to be there forever. They got Jalen Hyatt, but they need more explosive pass catchers for Daniel Jones. This offense does not challenge the field vertically. They don't scare you, especially when Saquon Barkley is hurt, which is unfortunately very, very often. So I'm looking at neighbors and thinking the Giants, they need a guy that threatens the, all levels of the defense. To me, it's you're fl- just flip a coin between neighbors and Coleman. I, I mean, they're both going to be sure. really productive for you. They're a little bit different receivers. Like you said, I think that neighbors is skinnier but more explosive he's he's more smooth he's got more speed to him but coleman he's a hell of an athlete is 6'4 215 pounds anyways so if you want a different type of receiver than the guys that you have in your receiver room more of a contested catch guy you go with coleman but right um i think neighbors can be wide receiver one at the nfl level so really you're just flipping a coin uh, i'm gonna get to my pick my picks next to the green bay packers but before i do that this fall time of year it's all about the back to school the back to work the the checklist the routine okay 
But the most important part on that checklist or routine should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying all the different parts of your life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to get you high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policies in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has a flexible policy that fits your family's budget quality policies like million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you all online and in your schedule you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required join the thousands of parents who trust fabric to protect their family apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash stock exchange that's m-e-e-t fabric.com slash stock exchange policies issued by western southern life insurance company not available in certain states prices subject to underwriting and health questions so in my mock that I wrote for PFF.com, I gave the Green Bay Packers an offensive tackle. And I went with the guy who I think the NFL is going to be a little bit higher on um, than the player who is necessarily next on my board. And that was Amarius Mims from Georgia, who just the potential through the roof, man. Six foot seven, 340 pounds. I mean, the guy looks like he's built in a lab sitting at right tackle for Georgia. Now he hasn't played a ton this year because he's been going through an injury. So I wouldn't say that it's like a big stock up, stock down from him. It's kind of status quo. Whatever you thought of him in the preseason is probably what you got to think of him right now. And the league is going to gravitate towards him just because he is a crazy big athlete. We've seen that so many times before with offensive tackles. Next offensive tackle for me, and who would it be? I think technically on this list, it would be Graham Barton, but... I recently moved Barton to interior as an interior player because I think mm. that that's probably where he's going to end up in the NFL just from looking at like Rayshon Slater's measurements and Elijah Vera Tucker's measurements, um, Peter Skaronsky's measurements, things like that. Guys that have had those questions going into the league. I think that Barton's probably going to get viewed as an interior offensive lineman. Still a damn good football player. Still having my top 25. But... As much as I'd give him a chance to tackle, I don't know if the league's going to. So I'll go with J.C. Latham here from Alabama because he would be next on my board when it comes to offensive tackles. And I do just think that certainly with Bakhtiari's situation, they need another offensive lineman in there. You know, they need somebody that's going to be able to play tackle. Bakhtiari's missed too much time over the last couple of years, and – I just don't think he can rely on him anymore. Hell of a player, but I I don't know how much longer he's going to be playing in Green Bay. I really don't. So for this one, a little bit of projection, but I'll go Latham here to give them another offensive tackle. Yeah, it's a shame with Bakhtiari because it just feels like since he signed that extension, guy can't catch a break, right? I mean, yeah. he can't catch it. It's really like, it felt like Wait, a total gamble. One, if he was One be game, able to play. two years ago, 11 games last yeah. year, and now he's out of the lineup again. Just sucks. It does suck. So I totally get your thought process there. And I'm sure it's something the Packers are thinking the long-term of Jordan Love. All right, the Saints are on the clock here. The Saints have a lot of young talent on offense at the skill spots. They have kept some of their um, front seven talent under extension. I know Granderson just got got an extension. The never-ending career of Cameron Jordan rolls on there i need to watch is brzee been playing this year i have not I think watched so brzee. yeah i need I mean, to like, see brzee i've seen him a little bit i can't speak to well you know actually i can speak to that hold on 
Um, <laughs> we have the ability. I'm going to look it up now. I know where I'm going anyway with this pick, but I, I like talking through the rosters. Um, yeah, of course. A little bit. They've invested plenty into that front seven. Tomorrow Davis is still an incredible player. Brian Brzee has the 10th most snaps of any player on the defense. He's played 124 snaps so far. Okay. This I got to catch up on what he's done. Yeah. He has Good. played the third most of all interior defensive linemen for them, but it's very close. Like Nathan Shepard's played the most at 143. Sa right. Saunders has played the most at 132 and Brzee's played 124. So it's basically just a three-man rotation in the middle for them with Malcolm Roach being the next guy in. Okay, I got to catch up and see what Brzee's been doing. Um, so for the Saints here, I'm looking at corner right now. Okay. Get, okay. get another talented corner on this roster. And you got a lot of options here. That's the thing. And we've run into this scenario when we've done mocks before. You have Kool-Aid, you have Kalen King, you have Cooper DeGene. I'm oddly intrigued by DeGene because of his versatility that you could play him as this big slot. You could just play put him his outside. locker right next to Tyron Matthews and just have him just soak up every bit of information Tyron Matthew will give him. Right. Yeah, think about how much bigger he is than him. Don't hate it. But I, my, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kalen King because he's my favorite corner okay. in this class. Right. And it's a true corner player. Get me all excited for nothing. It's fine. Yeah, Sorry. Cool. No, I, know. I built no, you up whatever. to bring you yeah, down. Cool. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take Kalen King here. Him and Marshawn Lattimore, pretty dang good corner duo in a division that you got you got plenty of talent you got to stop on the outside. In a conference, you got plenty of wide receiver talent. So the Saints also, man, it's just weird to think the Saints picking 12 in this draft, but they've had a couple things not go their way, especially with Derek Carr clearly hurt right now. Oh, dude. Uh, the Cardinals back up at 13. I, it, the the easy pick is Kool-Aid McKinstry because he because he's yep. right there and they need and they definitely need a corner. I picked Latu Latu for them. Chop so Robinson play, still yourself. here. Chop yeah, Robinson is there. Do I double up? Do I give them the most productive pass rusher in college football and also the most twitched up insane pass rusher in all of college football? It is really fun idea. This is kind of sick. You know what though? And it's not, this is not unrealistic. Like when you look at their team. Now they did take my guy Ojolari. Oh once yeah, again, they do have BJ, don't they? They took Ojolari in the second round last year. God, why is he this far down the depth chart? What is he, what are we doing? Does He's he like a stand-up situational pass rusher though. Does he play? <laughs> they, this, I, man, it's, the question of the pod does he play does he play have he, has he played <laughs> i i almost feel like it has to be corner when he's, you look at their roster he's only played 45 snaps he's a bum i'm kidding i love bj ojulari all right out of respect to ojulari ojulari respecter i'll hold off on the chop robinson pick for one more mock draft and i will indeed go kool-aid mckintry <laughs> This is the last time I don't take Chop <laughs> Robinson. You're up with the you're up with the Texans 14. The Texans, man. They are wildly impressive under Bobby Sloak and D'Amico Ryans right now. What yep. they're able to do. Looks like they got their quarterback. I still think they don't have a ton of talent, but they are squeezing out as much from this talent that they have. This is kind of a scrappy wide receiver group. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Robert Woods. 
Like, I'm not pressing the panic button on wide receiver here if I feel like I might be able to get wide receiver at another point. Yeah, Mecca Egbuke is there, though. You can read I know. the friends. Oh, that is fun. It is fun. Or Keon Coleman. Or Keon Coleman. I guess the thought you could argue is Robert Woods is like getting to the end here. Tank is a very specific gonna, kind of player. He's not going to die. It was a great run, Robert you Woods. You're not going to say it like that. <laughs> oh, man. I, th- I feel like this is the unsexiest pick I could make here, and I'm just getting like tomatoes thrown at me on stage. I'm taking Johnny Newton. Oh, this- you suck. I was going to take him next. <laughs> I thought you were saying I suck because like that pick, like, well, eh. no, Johnny Boo Newton's game wrecker. Yeah, Damn, tomatoes yeah. on stage Shoot. gets booed off stage. I think the Texans need to be thinking long-term on the interior of the D-line. D'Amico knows that. Johnny Newton single-handedly kept Illinois hanging around against Penn State this year, if you watch that game. Single-handedly. Yeah, it's like nobody a- else showed up except him. Yeah, he's a monster. So, Johnny Newton. Sorry, Trevor, that sucks for you. Because, boy, the Chargers could really use him. That was the perfect pick for the Chargers. That was the perfect pick. Thanks a lot, asshole. <laughs> um, Man, I'm looking at the Chargers depth chart now. Mm, okay, you can still go into your defensive line. It's not exactly the same type of pick, but Leonard Taylor is here from Miami, who is a right. monster. I mean, he has, he has an over 26% pass rush win percentage already this year, which is pretty nuts. Um. So you can certainly pick him. I liked Newton specifically for the Chargers because he also is a phenomenal run defender as much as yes. he is a good pass rusher. Uh, Taylor is more of that pass rusher, and, and you know he's still um, learning to be more stout in run defense. I'm also looking at safety. So you're not moving on from Derwin James, obviously, but Derwin James is this, this versatile, like strong safety, box defender. I don't know. I, I don't know if this is Alohi Gilman erasure. But what about Camp Kitchens and Derwin James? Uh, listen, you're not going to get a fight from me. That's pretty sick. I'm mm, not going to co- fight you on it. Mm, hold on, no. Wait, no, wait. Cooper DeGene's He sees here. something? Cooper DeGene's here. And, he is. And they- J.C. Jackson signing has been horrendous. An unmitigated disaster. I'm going to go Cooper DeGene. Bigger disaster, the J.C. Jackson signing or the Chase Claypool trade? Choose your own adventure. Uh, you don't actually have to pick. <laughs> Cooper, did you? Oh, you did you take Kinchins? No, I took was Cooper making DeGene. jokes and missed the pick. No, I, I picked. I, I took Cooper DeGene. They need the corner. They need the corner. Okay, Lohi Gilman De- survives. We're bringing it back. I like. I don't know <laughs> if we are. I, don't, I mean, I don't. I don't know if we are. But erasure. All right, the Jaguars on the clock here. Yeah, this is an offensive line that I think could use some improvement. They're another team that. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. This is a weird. You know what? I actually no. I know what I'm. This is I'm overthinking this. I'm taking Chop Robinson here. I'm worried about the pass. Oh, sure. Right now. Josh Allen's been very good this year. Um, I'm telling you, man, I just I hate doing this every time. I can't believe Trayvon Walker was the number one pick in the draft. I really I can't believe it. But we don't have to go down that road today. I'm going to take. Sounds like you just did. No gloves chop. Him and Josh Allen screaming. Yeah, are, you drafting, off the edge. are you drafting the uh 
the gloves version or the no gloves version? No gloves. Like he, no arm Seems bands. like he's wearing gloves this year. And... I know. I would. I, there aren't like we don't do a lot of interviews on this show. Uh-huh. We don't. I would. There's probably like three people I'd really like to have on this show right now, and Chop Robinson is absolutely one of them. And I really just want to talk to him and be like, dude, I just want to talk. No gloves, no sleeves, <laughs> like just pants, just pants. <laughs> Think about and it. Like, and like rolled up to make sure you're seeing the quads yeah. like pop through, you know, the no, smallest they- jersey the equipment guys can make you <laughs> and pants. That's it. And he and you'd probably be a top four pick. Uh, so. Washington Commanders now up at 17. Oh, I like offensive tackle for them. Yeah. Long term. You see, Sam, this is partially, yeah, largely his own fault. But Sam Howell, I think, is on pace right now to break the sacks record that was set by David Carr. Yeah, I didn't see that specifically, but I'm just boosting your uh, thought process. No, yeah. So I mean, Charles Charles Leno, who has played well over the last couple of years, I I can't, I haven't like totally checked up on him this year, but over the last couple of years, he's been pretty solid. Um, They, he's still 32 years old. So we're going to Marius Mims. We we mentioned him, Uh, a very uniquely built, athletically gifted offensive tackle who um, play has played really well in the limited amount of time that we've already seen him play for Georgia. So. Uh, yeah, we're going to go with Mims here. That, I think that makes the most sense. All right, the Rams at 18. I'm going to take Jared Verse. I'm going to get them some more pass rush. Okay. Nice. The Rams quietly having a, a fun season with Puka Nakua being one of the best offensive players in the NFL at the moment. But I still think they need to improve on their lines, both lines. I think the offensive line looks better than a lot of people thought. There's just not an offensive lineman I want to take in this spot for them, though. Mm-hmm. And I think Verse is a no-brainer top twenty pick to help their pass rush. Verse is still good, man. I I like Verse a lot. I've dropped him a little bit. He was my edge one going into the season. Um, now I can't remember if I've got him at edge three or four. He's still a top fifteen player, but I've dropped him a little bit in uh, relation to some of the edge rushers because it hasn't looked exactly the same from him this year. Last year, last year he looked like a bout out of hell, man. I mean, when he was coming yep. off the line of scrimmage, he the that explosiveness, that speed to power was imposing, dominant. It was takeover. This year, it's not quite the same. He had a 22.4 pass rush win percentage last year, just a 16.1 pass rush win percentage this year. That's not a bad number, certainly by any means. And a lot of teams now know who Jared Verse is. And so you game plan for him a little bit that better. Goes into it. The running backs on that side, the tight ends on that side. You're trying to make sure that guards know where Jared Verse is as well. So that certainly goes into it. But Verse, I was talking with Max Chadwick about this. He said that Verse was listed at 248 last year, and now he's listed at 260. He does not look like he has that same level of explosiveness that he had last year. And I wonder if he's just a little bit heavy. And I wonder if he's if, if if he's feeling that like, okay, I might be a little bit stronger, but I'm not as explosive off the off the edge. And so he might be going through a little bit, okay, well, what's my perfect weight? What's my perfect play style kind of a thing? So just wanted to have that mini little verse conversation there as you t- kind of take him at 18, because people might be curious, like, hey, how'd verse last all the way till 18? You guys loved him going into the year. He was edge one. How do you get this place? So that's why he would fall a little bit for me. Um, Atlanta Falcons at 19. I... I'm going to go quarterback. And I mean, I would think I, I mean, we know Ryan Tannehill is going to be the starter on this team in 2024, but 
I still, you got to draft a quarterback. Brother, stop. I'm going to go JJ McCarthy here. We'll go McCarthy. We've talked about him as a potential top 10 pick in this mock just because we think the NFL is really going to love him. He wouldn't be next. I think Riley Leonard's still next on my board. But um, yeah, just I think for the sake of mock conversations, I, I think McCarthy's going to be that next quarterback in. He's going to be in that higher tier of guys who are going to go. So to keep it a little bit realistic, to give people a more realistic mock, it's not too far away from what the big board says, but we'll go with McCarthy here for Atlanta. Colts at 20 are easy for me. I love what I've seen from Anthony Richardson this year under Shane Steichen. I'm going to take Keon Coleman in this spot, get him a big jump ball wide receiver. Now you got him, Michael Pittman, Pittman, Josh Downs. I've never been the biggest Alec Pierce guy. Hopefully they get more out of him soon, but he ain't stopping me from drafting Keon Coleman. I'll tell you that right now. So this pick is all about helping your young quarterback and, Keon Coleman at 20 might even be some value at this point. No, I, I I definitely think that it's value. That that makes a ton of sense. I got the Steelers up next, but before we get to those guys, we're back with another week of football this week. DraftKings Sportsbook keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. You just throw down $5 on any of this week's Epic Games and you walk away an instant winner. Plus, DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of their two new offers every single game day this September. Football is more fun when you guys are in on the action, so download the app now. Sign up with the promo code PFF. New customers can bet just $5 and get those 200 bonus bet bucks instantly only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Promo code PFF, the crown is yours. If you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. 877-8-HOPE-NY, or you can text, text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling at 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sports, sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football for terms for eligibility terms of responsibility and gambling resources as well bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility deposit restrictions do apply i gave the steelers a corner i gave nate wiggins in my uh my other mock because i like the thought of wiggins on one side jpj on the other man they need offensive line help and we got a good one in graham barton he's sitting right here so I, I think I got to go with my guy, Graham Barton. Um, they need center help or they need guard help. He could play either one, in my opinion. He's just going to be a damn good football player for him. So Steelers, are, we're going to go offensive line here. Thinking about corner, could think about safety, be a pairing with Minka, but ultimately I think Barton's the best pick. All right, the Titans are on the clock here, and you want to bring up offensive line once again. This is a team that they really, really need it. They're, they're so interesting to me. Um left. That's the thing. You got to go really down the board to the Jordan Morgan and Patrick Paul oh, right. tier here. Yeah. So you are, you are going to go down a little bit of a tier in this spot, oh, which is so tricky. It really is because this some people might classify this as a reach. I like Jordan Morgan a lot, honestly. I'm going to take Jordan Morgan here. I think he's an NFL tackle. Okay. I think the Titans need help on this line, whether it's Will Levis or Malik Willis next year. There is an argument to be made to take Roma Dunze or Emeka Ibuka here. And I totally understand that because right. Hopkins isn't going to be playing forever. We need a little bit more from Traylon Burks, but I just can't look at this offensive line and think that they don't go back to that well again. So Jordan yeah. Morgan, Jordan Morgan for me. Yeah. No Dunze. 
I think is a better version of, of Traylon Burks, but like if they still right. believe in Traylon Burks, then are they going to draft the same player? Maybe they would. I would take a, I would take a Buka. Not even close. Right, right. And, and again, I like Romo Dunze more than I did Traylon Burks. So if you're just simply trying to get the best football player, I got no problem with that. Would Tennessee do it? Maybe just because he's the bigger prospect, the bigger, stronger, faster prospect. And we know that Mike Vrabel loves it, but that's kind of the conversation with wide receiver for Tennessee. Curious if any Titans fans who are watching this have any feelings one way or another, which way they want their team to lean. Um, Cause it's kind of an interesting one with trench play or skill position players. Seahawks at 23, you know, they passed on taking Jalen Carter last year. They took Devon Witherspoon. Can't hate on that. So one of my favorite prospects in the draft. I think Devon Witherspoon is going to be an absolute stud. It looks good. They still need interior defensive line help. Leonard Taylor's right there for him. This is the guy that you want. Uh, and, and this is the the player that can really get a lot of good pressure for you. I think Pete Carroll and his staff are absolutely going to love this player as well. They love those uniquely built athletes. I mean, who wouldn't love Leonard Taylor? Honestly, that was probably a stupid thing for me to say. He's six foot three, three hundred five pounds, former five star, um, say quarterback, former five star pro- prospect, and the man just moves at a different speed as an interior defensive lineman. Again, it's not quite Jalen Carter levels of dominance, but Man, it's looked good over the last couple of years, and you got to think it's only getting better for him. So uh, Leonard Taylor, the, the interior defensive lineman from Miami, if you don't know him yet, get to know him. Uh, he's a lot of fun. He's been dominant so far this season. All right, the Cowboys up here. Cowboys have an incredible front seven. They can really rush the passer. They, you know, the Diggs injury really stinks, but you feel good about this. what the secondary looks like on paper. I think they need another wide receiver for the long term, Trevor. Like Gallup hasn't been the same guy since being hurt. Cooks is okay at this point, but not a long term kind of outlook player. I look at Dallas right here, and and I think if you want to stretch the field, you can go with a Roma Dunze. If you want more of a technician, you can go with a Buka. But I love Abuka's inside outside versatility, but that's CD Lamb. CeeDee Lamb, what's beautiful about him is that inside-outside versatility and how they move him around. So for me in this spot, I, I'm going to take Roma Dunze to Dallas and, and get you know a vertical jump ball, size and speed kind of player for Dak. Well, Dunze and CeeDee Lamb. That's Pretty good. Pretty That's good. good. That is good. I love that combo there. Detroit Lions at 25. Uh, what corners we got left? Nate Wiggins, probably the pick here. Although he does not really have the run defense chops that I feel for Man Campbell, the, the, the you call him Man Campbell, Man Campbell, Caffeine Campbell. <laughs> Shout out to Aaron Glenn, by the way. Yeah, doing a good job um, with that group. I mean, I really think that they'd like. I feel like they'd like Kamari Lasseter. I also think that they like Josh Newton. I think Lasseter maybe goes in the first round, the corner from Georgia. He's yeah. having a really nice year. Oh, man, he might be the pick here. I, I'm tempted by Dallas Turner because Turner's still on the board, and he he should not be. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. There, there yeah, it's be, a fall for him that doesn't. Dallas, it, you know, Dallas Turner can go can can go top 20. I, I definitely think that could be the play, can be the case. He's playing a lot stronger this year. It looks like he's gained some weight, um, which we were talking about him in the summer, needing to get a little bit stronger. Obviously, the Lions have Aiden Hutchinson, but – James Houston's got a really what's good... going on with James Houston. I mean, he's still got a really high passage win percentage. It's over 20 still. Are they just not on the playing team, brother? him? I know, but he he's, 
I feel like oh, he's, he's got, not playing. Uh, wait, he's got 14 pass rush reps. He's hurt? That, that's what I'm saying. He's not playing. He's played in two games. So he's got to be hurt. Even when he was healthy, I wasn't seeing any of them. But yeah. Yeah, he's definitely hurt. He's on IR. Okay. 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 So uh, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick to my board. I'm I am gonna I am gonna jump over Nate Wiggins. Mm, am I? No, I'm not actually. You know what? I faked myself out there. We're sticking true to the board, and when I say that, I mean true to the board. And we're going with the next highest corner that we've got, and that's Nate Wiggins. So, all right, Nate Wiggins. At first, you were not. Uh, Tough enough against the run for Dan Campbell. And now... Now now they're going to get the most out of him, baby. Now, now he's you're taking back. pride in it. Now you're back. He's walking in the door with a with a bottle of creatine, and he's just going to shotgun it right in front of Dan. Dry. No water. <laughs> Dry creatine. That's how you know it's real. Don't do that The Dolphins home, are on the clock at 26. Man. They're a weird one here because I feel like they got to figure out an insurance policy for Teron Armstead at some point. Take your boy. Yeah, this could be a Patrick Paul. Yeah, that's what I did in the written mock. Oh, you did? I did, yeah. He kind of makes sense for them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Patrick Paul here. Dolphins, you got to protect Tua. You got to be able to protect those edges and allow all the spacing that Mike McDaniel creates to really function in this offense. I feel like the Bills, I got to rewatch that game. I feel like the Bills defense just kind of like stunned them a little bit. I thought the front looked really good for the Bills. I think their pass rush has turned it on and they're getting Vaughn back. I think the Dolphins, Patrick Paul, get some youth infusion at tackle. Youth infusion. Youth infusion. Tampa Bay Buccaneers up at number 27. Your NFC South leading Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, three and one on the season. Thank you very much. Winning quarterback. Not, not picking a quarterback, obviously. Uh, Dallas Turner is here. It's the easiest pick that they could possibly make. Uh, Joe Triangle oh. has not been. Hey, oh. Has, what? what? I thought you were going to take Shadur Sanders. No. No, dude. No. Baker's, Baker's the future, dude. Seven-year contracts coming oh up this offseason. I can't take a quarterback with them sitting here at 27 and Baker's playing well. I can't do it. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, And honestly, like, they really need more help on the edge. I think that they Shaq do. Barrett is is playing well for them. Vita Bay is obviously playing well for them as well. We haven't seen much of Clyde Jacanti at all this season due to injury. Joe Tryon Shoinka has not still taken that next step. It's just all so much flashes for him. Uh, Logan Hall, the pass rush win percentage is a little bit better this year, but it, he's not turned into that type of pass rusher. And Dallas Turner is someone that's totally different. He is a stand-up outside linebacker type of pass rusher. Um, and if JTS were playing a little bit better, maybe I hold this one off. But like I said, Dallas Turner at 27, massive value. Should have gone way higher. Okay, so I got the Bills on the clock here. The Bills are a team that, you know, could probably use the right tackle of the future. I don't see one in this spot as it stands right now. I think they need to get younger at safety, so I'm going to take Cam Kinchins in this spot. Oh, that is the pick for them. I yeah, love this. I, I, love I know this. point. Yeah, this might be the best value of the draft that we've had so far. Poyer... I, he he's definitely dealing with something, but he also since week one, even against the Jets, he just doesn't look like the Jordan Poyer we have come to know. And they're guys both get getting old. up there in age, right? Guys like get him old, and my yeah. Guy 
Yeah, they get old. Cam Kitchens is a beast. He'd be perfect for this defense. I agree with you. Baltimore Ravens on the clock now. They're like running out of players in that front seven, I feel like. Every time I look yeah, at their Yeah, no, I, I, I think the front sevens, it's where my mind immediately goes. I think Dallas Turner would have been great for them, even but though they have OA and, and they have... <laughs> right. Um, You know, in the written mock, I gave them Mason Smith because he seems like a Baltimore Raven, for being honest. I do have Chris Jenkins ranked higher than him right now. Me too. All right, we're going to do it. We're going to go true to Chris Jenkins. Look, we're staying true to the board, folks. We're staying. That's if we got a theme for the podcast, we're staying true to the board. So I think that they could use somebody along the defensive interior, especially somebody who is a monster in run defense like Chris Jenkins is. One of Bruce Feldman's freaks uh, going into the season for a reason because the guy is strong as an ox. So you can play him in a couple of different positions along the defensive interior. I think really any any position from a zero technique to a five technique, and this guy can really help out holding line scrimmage. So uh, I think the pass rush work could be in the future for him as he is a great athlete as well. But man, a run defense, he's yeah, I think he's a plug-and-play type of a dude. So we'll go Chris Jenkins to help out the uh, defensive interior for Baltimore at 29. All right, for the 49ers at 30, I'm going to take Kamari Lassiter in this spot, get them some corner depth. The guy that's been playing, like you said, Trevor, he's been playing well this year. Um, I think he's only rising throughout this class since you look at what he did last year and the summer tape. And the Niners, they need the corner depth for the long-term future as well. There's not a lot of weaknesses on this team because they are so well coached. I was thinking if it was available, I was going to go with some pass rush depth. Um, I thought about, Hey, just take Mason Smith because he's so talented and that scheme kind of fits what he can do as an attacking interior player. But once again, I'd rather just take the corner depth where you can get it. And that brings me to Lassiter for them. Okay. So we got the chiefs now on the clock at 31. By the way, folks, it's a terrible time to say this should have said this at the beginning of the podcast. We did not make this order up. This is the current draft order as it stands today. One for the way through the season. It, blo- it, it, it blows my mind how people still don't understand like that that's how mocks work. we should though we should make the order because at least if we're going to get shit on it at least we <laughs> it's we had the fun of saying well we think this team stinks you pick I think kansas three. city is yeah i think the taylor yeah. swift debacle is going to tank kansas city yep. and they're going to pick it one yep can't get bailed out by the boys and stripes every week cool He's been saving that one, folks. He's I saved it to the end. One up. He made it this far. You deserve to hear it. Congratulations. Uh, Emeka Igbuka is still on the board for them. And I think Emeka Igbuka is going to get 150 targets oh, as a rookie. my God. How did, <laughs> how did we allow this to happen? We played with the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, congratulations. there. I, I gave them A.D. Mitchell in my written mock because Igbuka was, was long gone. That's but, just um, as fun. I do love that as well. But A.D. We'll, Mitchell we'll... was a very nice call by you this summer, Trev. You watched the nine targets and you knew that that man had talent. <laughs> I'm being serious. AD Mitchell is my uh is my Michael Wilson this year. Yes. Cuz Michael Wilson's also going the hell off this Dude, year. Dude, he's two touchdown weekend. He'll be a fantasy waiver wire darling this week. Imagine, Michael Wilson looks great. Imagine for even a moment not listening to the pod. During I couldn't season. I couldn't be I, I during draft season never stop listening to the pod. Well, it's always your season. It's a your great counter, great counter. 
All right, the Eagles close this thing out. Yeah, take us home. Oh, man, what to do, what to do for the the rich team that has it all. Honestly. Uh... I'm going to take one of my faves here because there's no point in taking Barrett Carter because the Eagles don't take linebackers early, even though I would like to take Barrett Carter here. Sure. And when you look at their linebacker corpus, you're like, yeah, Barrett Carter would be pretty fun there. But I'm going to take Tyler Newbin. I was going to say, you're going to, you're going to take, you're going to take old Tyler Newbin. Old Tyler Newbin, one of my faves, ball hawking, free safety with range. It's a front seven or a front, you know, a defensive line that they get after the quarterback and force bad decisions. Newbin's ball hawking ability is going to play so well with that. And if you're the Eagles, your roster is so good, you could take a safety in the first round because he warrants it. Yep. I thought about corner a little bit there for uh, the Eagles just because they're banged up. And, you know, obviously Bradbury and Slay, I don't know how long they're going to be there. Um, So, you know, Josh Newton would have been in that conversation for me. Yeah. TJ Tampa for me. Um, oh yeah 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 yeah. he's looked really good man he's looked really good this year let's go baby yeah but we go with newbin okay all right uh little recap for the people who are audio only listeners and maybe not having this up on their screen on youtube uh first two picks of the draft both for the chicago bears caleb williams and olufashanu number three Las Vegas Raiders took Drake May, the quarterback from North Carolina. For the Denver Broncos, took wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. Vikings at five to quarterback Bo Nix. Jets at six, Joe Alt, the offensive attack from Notre Dame. Seven, Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback from Washington. Eight, Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia, going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Nine, the Arizona Cardinals. One of two defensive selections that went at number nine, then went Laotu Latu, the edge rusher from UCLA. Ten, the New York Giants went Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver from LSU. The Green Bay Packers at 11. When J.C. Latham, the offensive tackle from Alabama. Saints at 12. Kalen King, the corner from Penn State. The Arizona Cardinals with their second pick here at 13. Kool-Aid McKinstry, the cornerback from Alabama. Uh, the Houston Texans at 14. Jerzon Newton, Johnny Newton from uh, Illinois, the interior defensive lineman. 15, Cooper DeGene, the cornerback from Iowa. He went to the Los Angeles Chargers. 16, the Jacksonville Jaguars went Chop Robinson, the edge rusher from Penn State. 17, Amarius Mims, the offensive tackle from Georgia, going to the Washington Commanders. 18 for the Los Angeles Rams. Jared Verse, great day to be a great day. And the edge rusher from Florida State. 19, J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback from Michigan, comes off the board for the Atlanta Falcons. Keon Coleman, the wide receiver from Florida State, goes 20 to the Indianapolis Colts. Graham Barton, the, the offensive lineman, I don't care what you call him, tackle, interior offensive lineman center. Uh, he's just a damn good football player. He goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 21. Jordan Morgan, the offensive tackle from Arizona to the Titans at 22. Leonard Taylor, interior defensive lineman from Miami, going 23 to the Seahawks. Romo Dunze. Oh, that was spicy. I love this one. The wide receiver from Washington going to the Dallas Cowboys at 24-25. Detroit Lions, Nate Wiggins. You get He's going to become the best run defending corner in the NFL. Year two, you watch it. Uh, We've never seen improvement like this. You, have, you haven't. You haven't. You really haven't. Patrick Paul, the massive offensive tackle from Houston going to the, the uh, Miami Dolphins at 26. Dallas Turner, the edge rusher from Bama, going to the Bucks at 27. Cameron Kinchins. Safety going to the Buffalo Bills at 28. Chris Jenkins, interior defensive lineman from Michigan. To the Ravens at 29. Kamari Lasseter, the corner from Georgia, to the Niners at 30. And Meke Buka somehow lasting to the Kansas City Chiefs at 31, the wide receiver from Ohio State. And then Tyler Newbin, the safety from Minnesota, to the Philadelphia Eagles at number 32. We would love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you thought of the mock, the conversations here, the difference of opinions with players and what teams should do. We love the conversations that these mock drafts get to formulate. So, 
youtube.com backslash NFL stock exchange smash like and subscribe get in the comments yeah. we would love to hear from you if you're audio only hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Tampa Bay Trey at Connor J Rogers we're getting more responses from people man on, on Instagram and Twitter I'm getting a ton of DMs I'm getting to go back and forth with a lot of you guys listening and that is a fun part of draft season ramping up make sure you get in on it as you listen to these podcasts get in on the conversation get in on the draft community it's what makes it a lot of fun Connor you got anything else before we get out of here my man I think that covers it. I love doing this. Obviously, we get to talk through the state of the NFL rosters, the state of where that prospect stands in the draft. And it's fun for us to look back at these when we get a little closer to to see how things change. So always a good time, man, to kind of drop that mock draft. Um, well, it's been at least a month since we did one last yeah. as well. Yeah. And, and plenty of season, updates baby. here. And and we don't know what we're doing in the midweek yet, but it's guaranteed to be a good time. It's it's guaranteed to be banger. In fact, you know what? All Maybe we do Connor is make and I hits. won't even plan it at all. Maybe we'll just hit record and it's just, what just yeah, gonna talk for an hour. Just gonna talk for an hour. It's just gonna be the Michael I, Panic I, show. I genuinely think we could easily do that. Oh, dude, at this point of the year, we really could. We'll probably be a little bit more structured with that, but no matter what it is, we're gonna have Arthur good- Smith, good or bad? Go. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> 45 stop. minutes later. We can't do this. <laughs> no we answer. Just- no answer. We get an hour into it and they're just like yeah, well, you know, it's uh... we should do a pod where we each have a notebook, like a notebook, notepad with a mm-hmm. Sharpie. And we just write down a topic each and hold it up to the and screen. The other one has to talk about it for like two minutes. That's... I just see where it goes. This is actually you might have done something here. I might I'm, I might have did it to him. You might you might have done <laughs> something here. We might be doing this on Wednesday. It's, it's going to be something. Of... It's the most random show we could do that could be the most fun when we don't really have like a very, very structured show because we just did a structured show for over an hour. I'm kind of into it. We might be doing this on Wednesday, That's, folks. Think about you'll it. Have to, you'll have to tune in to, to find out. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. See you guys on Wednesday. Wednesday.